You're listening to the Hard Hedge, UVA's only independent basketball podcast hosted by two guys, one of whom happens to be a fake coach. Fake coach. Get about your seat, you can have my drink, let me see you dance. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Pittman and Phony Bennett. When the sun falls, the sun falls, then the moonlight, the moonlight, might be a hell of a night, go, go. Welcome, welcome out there, Virginia fans, to another edition of the Hard Hedge, another summer edition. Uh, It's been quite a while since we last got together, and there have been some pretty significant developments. Uh, Before we dive into it, uh, let's bring in my partner in crime, Phony Bennett. Phony, what's up, brother? How you doing? Man, it's it's been a, a fun couple of weeks. I think maybe we still have some good news coming for us so uh so i'm happy i mean this is we we get to talk about good stuff tonight we've we've watched uh the the 16 recruits uh excel on the circuit we picked up a transfer we got some new practice video out today so uh good good stuff happening this is going to be a nice podcast yeah man those 2016 kids are just uh every little bit of tape that comes out on them uh man i just i just i just keep fawning over it it's outstanding stuff and our first guest tonight is going to help Discuss that transfer with us a little bit. He covers Memphis for ESPN Radio, 92.9 FM, and Memphis. John Martin joins us. John, what's up tonight, brother? How are you? Not much. I'm glad to be on the podcast. It's an honor to be on with Cody Bennett. Looking forward to it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Sounds great, man. So let's, uh, let's just dive right into it. Tell Virginia fans uh, what they're getting in Austin Nichols and, and just kind of a high-level breakdown on, on what, what he brings to the table and, and maybe even, you know, what you think he can work on uh, at, during this redshirt season to kind of improve. Well, I'll do my best to make a high-level. No promises. I'll, I'll do my best to make it a high-level breakdown. But really, when you boil it all down, what, what Virginia fans are getting in Austin Nichols is, uh, you know, quite frankly, an All-American caliber player. You know, Austin Nichols is one of the most skilled uh, big man in the country. I have no doubt about that. He is a guy, uh, you know, I, I've been watching him since he was a, you know, sophomore in high school, since he had offers from Clemson and Georgia. He wasn't even, he wasn't on the radar really. I mean, people knew about his potential, but, you know, at that time he was just a skinny kid who had a couple post moves. He's really filled out. He's added muscle, uh, and he's turned himself into really, I think he's established himself as one of the elite shot blockers, um, in college basketball. I think he finished in the top 10. He, Threatened to break all kinds of Memphis shot blocking records last season. Yep. So I think what, what what Virginia fans are getting in Austin Nichols is a guy uh, who can offensively finish with with both hands. He's ambidextrous, left, right. So uh, he's not one dimensional in, in, in direction. He can go either way. Um, he's a guy who can really knock down the elbow jump shot. You know, he's a guy you won't be mad at. He's a big man you won't be mad at if he takes an elbow jumper. Uh, you know, frequently. I think that's something he really needs to. Uh, that's something he really needs to do more, I think, is he needs to develop that jump shot. Um, and, and because I, I know he can be a consistent threat uh, with it. You know, you're, you're getting a guy who averaged, you know, two-plus blocks a game last season, really stood out for a, for a you know, traditionally bad Memphis team, uh, but led the team in scoring and, and did it in a lot of ways. Did a game winner at Tulane on the baseline. So what, what Virginia fans are getting and what the Virginia coaching staff is getting is a very versatile big man who can occasionally knock down the outside shot, can finish with both hands at the rim, has a great feel for the game inside of the post, got a great arsenal of post moves, high basketball IQ. Perfect fit. I think I think Virginia fans are getting a perfect fit uh, in Austin Nichols for, for what Tony Bennett and that coaching staff does up there. Is he uh, more of a face-up or back-to-the-basket back guy, a little bit of both? Um, 
How about from the free throw line and uh, uh, on the boards? You know, it's funny that you mention this because I do think he uh, – I think he's more right now more of a back-to-basket guy, but he needs to be a face-up guy because I think he, he is so capable of facing up and taking a guy off the dribble um, because I saw him do it so often in high school. Now, Memphis didn't, didn't really need him to do that. And last year they were bad, so obviously he took a lot of shots and the offense was sort of built around him. Typically, you know, his first year here, he was in a four-guard uh, offense with Joe Jackson, Michael Dixon, um, Chris Crawford, and Jaron Johnson. So he wasn't asked to do as much offensively. And then last year he, he was just on a bad team, and so he had to sort of carry the load. Uh, he needs to be better from the free throw line. It's kind of ridiculous. Like, he's got a great stroke. He can hit the outside shot. I think he shot like 60% last season, which is not – um, which is not going to cut it. So I think right now, um, in terms of his offense, where he's where he's better today is probably back to the basket. But I think in a year, what you'll see is I think you'll really see him develop that off the bounce, face up type move, um, which I know he can do because I've seen him do it uh, at the high school level. He's going to improve his free throw shooting, and then on the board, he averaged six rebounds a game. Uh, he's still got some development to go uh, in rebounding because you'd like to see a guy. Uh, just with his instincts, averaged more than six rebounds a game. You know, he added 20 pounds of muscle last offseason. I think what he really needs to focus on is getting better and staying in the weight room and staying in the gym, you know, in the year that he has to sit because uh, he's jumping. I mean, the, the truth of this is, is he is jumping um, in competition level. You're going from playing Tulane and Tulsa, those types, to now you're going to be playing Duke and North Carolina, uh, and there are, you know, no no shortage of talented ACC teams. So uh, I think it's it's imperative and paramount for him to focus and to in that year that he has off. Technically, he needs to be a gym rat. He needs to stay in the gym because uh, he's going to have to be a beast on the board. You know, he's, he's going to be going up against pro prospects every night in conference play in the ACC, and uh, it'll be interesting to see that. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised because I saw like somewhere listed what is six nine two thirty was that. Correct, because I, I see these pictures of him, and he looks a lot bigger than 230 to me. I mean, is that is that accurate? Yeah, because he was a really skinny kid out of high school. You know, he was like he was like 205, 210, soaking wet. You know, he's just a he's a lanky kid, and he he's, he's probably at 225 now, 230. Um, you know, he, he's just he's not like a brute by any stretch. You know, he's 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 not a brute. He's just a lanky kind of gangly guy. You know, probably closer to six eight. You know, he's a little bit undersized. You know, I, I don't know. You guys probably have a better feel for this than I do. I don't know if Virginia will play him at the four or the five. I don't know. I haven't really broken down what their needs and 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 uh, sort of what they view him as. But you know, I think he's more of a natural four, simply because at six eight, be tough. But in college, I guess it doesn't really matter. I'm just sort of thinking pro prospects terms. But uh, yeah, I do. He he did add he did add 20 pounds of muscle. But you know, it's going to be a different ball game in the ACC, as you guys know. What do you think about athletically? How would you rate him as a guy that you know defensively? Obviously, he uh, he blocked a ton of shots, second in the nation in per game average on on block shots, and uh, was a menace down there. I, I, tape I watched, it's a lot of kind of come from nowhere blocks. A lot of like you know somebody thinks they're going in for an easy basket, and he kind of comes up and 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 swats them. Uh, but let's see, as a, as a face up defender, uh, having to guard more athletic, quicker four men, how do th- how do you think he'll hold up and um, also, touch on his his character, John, as a guy that has covered him and, and probably spoken to him. Maybe talk about uh, him a little bit off the court. Yeah, so athletically, um, he's not going to blow you away. I mean, that's just the truth. He's not. He's not. Uh, he, he's. 
I, I guess if we're rating degrees of athleticism, he's fairly athletic because he's a high major division one college basketball player. Course, but he's yeah. not going to blow you away. He's not Justice Winslow, right? He's not. That's not who he is. Uh, but what he is, he's a very smart player, and that's why I think he's a perfect fit for Virginia because he relies on his basketball IQ, his instincts. When you when you see him block those shots, it's not simply because he's just got. He's, he's I mean, he's six eight, right? I mean, he's got a decent wingspan, um, but he's not seven foot tall. I think he relies so much on his instincts as a basketball player. His basketball IQ is through the roof. He understands angles. He has great positioning. I think that's, that is how he gets by as a defender. He's not very quick laterally. I think he'll tell you that. You guys will see that. He's not, he's not the quickest athletically. The, the hips are probably stiffer than you'd like them to be. Um, but I do think he's a very capable defender. Now, again, we will see he has never played against you know, the kind of competition that he will be faced with nightly in the ACC. Um, but I, I, I think he's an All-American caliber player uh, overall. He's going to have a year uh, off to improve. And, you know, I have no, I have no doubt that he will be – I mean, there's no question. He's going to be the cornerstone for, for Virginia for the, for the two seasons that he is eligible there. And in terms of character, I mean, he's a great kid. He's a great kid. You know, he gets a bad rap here in Memphis because of the way he left it in July. And, of course, people pile on his dad and – I've known him for since he was a, a junior in high school, and he's he's only been respectful, only been polite to me and to others. You know, he, he he always, even though Memphis was going through a tumultuous season last year, every time, excuse me, every time you talk to him, uh, he was he was positive. He had a bright outlook. You know, he's got a he, he comes from a you know a two parent home. He's just a great character kid um, who understands. He just wants to win. And he doesn't care if he has to make the game win shot, the game win a pass. He'll just do whatever he needs to win. And, uh, you know, Virginia's getting the total package in Austin Nichols. There's no doubt. Well, let, let me ask you, because uh, I've seen some speculation among Virginia fans. You, you mentioned he's got he's going to have two years of eligibility. Do you think this is a kid that ends up using both those years of eligibility, or is there a chance he, he's gone after one successful season? Yeah, as usual, it's going to depend. I mean, I haven't looked so far – and to see how deep that, I guess it would be the 2017 draft class is going to be. Um, you know, obviously the NBA for every kid uh, at this level is is the NBA, and as soon as you can get there. Um, but I do almost wonder if it would benefit him to just use the whole thing. I mean, you're gonna you're sitting out a year anyway. You're gonna be there for the next two years. Now, obviously, if he comes in, lights it up, has 20, 20 and ten against every top five team that you guys are gonna play, it will obviously sort of change the dynamic. But I think. I, I don't see he's gonna as it is he's gonna be a what a twenty three year old twenty two twenty three year old junior because you're sitting out what's one more year uh, in that system to develop and, and play against the, the the best competition and the best conference in college basketball I don't think um, I don't think that would hurt him now again circumstances are dictate everything if he has if he comes in as a junior and averages fifteen and eleven well then he'd probably go. But if he, let's say he doesn't light it up, let's say he's good, let's say he's a huge contributor, but he could use that extra year of development in that system to establish himself more um, and just, you know, just sort of own his game, I think definitely you could see him use that. I don't think this is, I don't, I don't think there's anything that, you know, necessarily makes this a one-year thing uh, for Virginia. I could easily see him, you know, graduating and, and, uh, and using all the years of his eligibility for sure. Well, God bless Twitter. I think I found the right guy. Outstanding stuff. I hope so. I hope I delivered high-level breakdowns, man. Yeah, that was outstanding. <laughs> great, great stuff from John Martin. You can find him at John Martin 929 on Twitter and uh, 
ESPN Radio in Memphis. John, that was perfect. That's exactly what we wanted to hear. A lot of great information, a lot of stuff to be optimistic about. Um, and I really appreciate you giving, uh, giving a few minutes tonight to kind of introduce us to Austin Nichols. No, he's, uh, he, you know, he's my guy. You know, I've known him for, uh, for a long time and, you know, we're, you know, I consider Austin a friend. You know, I've known him for, for a long time, for the last five years. So I'm pulling for I'll be watching more Virginia games than ever before. And, uh, I hope you guys have, uh, I hope you guys have great success with him and, uh, and, and vice versa. So John, I'll, be, I'll be paying close attention. Come on to Charlottesville. We'd love to have you. Come watch a game. That's good, brother. Thank you all for having me. All right, buddy. Thanks. Thanks. John. That was John Martin. Man, great stuff from John. That kind of broke him down, uh, from a lot of different angles. And, and, and boy, you know, if I, if you were looking for, uh, some holes in Austin Nichols. There didn't really seem to be much there, uh, but uh, great stuff from 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 John. Yeah, and I, th- I think the stuff that he's talking about him needing to work on, uh, our staff is very well equipped for that. I mean, he's going to be spending a lot of time with Mike Curtis, it sounds like, and then uh, yeah, he develops that jump shot a, a little bit. I, he's man, I'm I'm excited. The the future looks so bright right now. Absolutely. Well, our next guest, guys. Um, a couple of, of diehard who's at heart. First and foremost, uh, old friend of the podcast, uh, Daniel O'Neill at Embrace the Pace. Danny boy, how's your summer going, brother? Pretty good, pretty good. How about yours? Man, it's it's going. It's going uh, just basketball can't get here soon enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, also with us uh, is Houston Wilson. He's an NCAA certified recruiting analyst for Make Plays. Dot com, a buddy of mine and a diehard who at heart. Uh, I don't know if you're not supposed to disclose your allegiances here with your uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, with your recruiting title, but uh, we love to have you on, man. We're, we're thrilled to have you. How you doing, buddy? Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to talking some college hoops with you guys. Absolutely. Sounds good. Let's dive right into it, Daniel. Uh, we just had uh, uh, the Memphis B guy on. He, he gave us a, a lot of good information on, on Austin. Uh, what were your thoughts initially, brother, when you when you heard the news? Um, and, you know, where do you see him fitting on this team? And maybe touch on uh, how it affects our roster uh, 2016 and moving forward. Yeah, I mean, first off, uh, this is something that I've always kind of thought would be a possibility. Even, even going back as far as to when we played Memphis a couple years ago, um, I always thought he was always a guy that I thought was going to end up in Virginia – first out of high school, and then, I don't know. I think you could kind of tell what was happening with Paston over the past couple of years, and a kid like Austin has so much potential that it was always sort of at the back of my mind that uh, he might consider going elsewhere, and I always knew that if he was going to actually like pull the trigger and leave to go somewhere else, I was very, very confident it was, it was going to end up being Virginia. Um, can, can I just interject there and say I have, yeah, the same, sure. I have the same thought about Robert Johnson? Uh, at Indiana one of these days because I think it's a, a similar situation. That wouldn't surprise me. So I'm just putting this on Yeah, I mean, that's, on, that's on the definitely record. fair. That's definitely fair. I, I haven't really thought about that. Um, I probably think, I think if he, if he does ever decide to leave, I think it, it would be for UVA. But I think I, I could see him actually sticking with it, especially because he got, he got a lot of playing time and whatnot. But anyways, back to Austin. Um, yes, sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, no, that's, I've forgotten about Robert Johnson. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, once, once he did decide, uh, or he announced he was going to leave, even with the restrictions and everything, um, 
let's just say I would have been very surprised to see him actually end up anywhere else. Um, at the same time, I was extremely excited when he did actually announce that he was coming to Virginia. Because, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, Mike, what you said is what does it mean for, for us going forward? And it's it's really like a perfect situation, right? Like, that's <laughs> all that can be said. Like, we lose a good amount <laughs> after next year, and we're kind of missing that, that go-to guy. And, I mean, there he is. That's he's He's a guy that could come in and start at, probably almost any school in the country right now. Um, he's going to have a year to learn the system, which, I mean, will be helpful. He probably, he's a smart enough player. He'd probably pick it up if he could play this year. But, I mean, sure, it helps. Um, so even by that, when he's actually ready to play, like, I mean, he's, he's going to be our guy. Um, compare, like, think of who's around him as well. Um, he just fits in so nicely. And so, I mean, this is, I know... Every Virginia fans thought this uh, recently, but we're we're not rebuilding, we're reloading now, and this is just a prime example of it. Yeah, I think he fills a gap really well because you know we're we're losing some real talent this year, and but because he's only going to be there for a year or two years, it's not really going to interfere with the the targets, the other bigs that we're looking at. Um, you know, like Mamadi, like I I don't think those guys will be threatened by that because uh, you know he he's coming in when when they're going to be learning the system, so. Uh, no, I think it's it's such a perfect fit in so many ways for us. Yeah, um, as soon as Toby and Gil are gone, you know, he's going to step in. He's going to be that guy down low. So, and I yeah. and I heard I heard um, as soon as that uh, when he got the lawyer to do all his release, I heard this over the weekend actually that I think he really really wanted to get this done because this lawyer is uh, John Paul Jones, a really close friend of his. So I think he definitely um, wanted to come to Charlottesville. Yeah, and he's uh, John Martin called him a a potential All-American type guy, Um, and you know, to to lose as many veterans as we lose that year, and to bring in somebody that's an upperclassman at that point uh, with just that much raw ability, raw ability, it's 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 really just a a perfect storm. And and you know, I I just absolutely thrilled that that he made the decision i i think it's really interesting i like david teal's piece uh earlier in the week that really kind of outlined the fact that uh you know when virginia comes in second uh usually that means there's a very good chance that player could end up on our roster i mean justin anderson mario shayok nichols uh anthony gill um i'm leaving off thompson uh all these guys um really you know chosen another school uh, before situations uh, presented themselves and, and they ended up uh, choosing Virginia. And I think it's because of the integrity that, that our staff recruits with, uh, the way that they even accept defeat, uh, the way that they handle themselves on the recruiting trail means that, um, you know, guys will always look at the school as a potential destination. And uh, I think it just says a lot about the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard stories about uh, some other schools that, you know, when a kid tells them no, like the responses that, that they get from these guys who, you know, loved them 30 seconds before that. Uh, but obviously this staff isn't burning any bridges, and, uh, I mean, it it works out. That's, uh, uh, you know, I, I doubt it, it's a, um, a strategy of theirs. I think that's just who they are. Um, but it's nice to see the staff get rewarded uh, for being good people. 
Absolutely. Let's touch on Malcolm Brogdon uh, playing for Team USA uh, before we dive into a little bit more of the recruiting. Um, obviously, awesome that he made that roster. A lot of talented players across uh, many different ages. Uh, but, you know, interesting utilization of Malcolm, and it, it was very uh, hard basketball to stomach at, at times. Uh, funny, what would you think about uh, Malcolm's Team USA appearance? You know, I'll be honest. I watched the first game, and then I watched bits and pieces of, uh, I guess, the next two, and it, because it was it was such bad basketball. First of all, I don't think few did a great job managing lineups. Uh, the fact that the team hadn't practiced together that much was obvious. I mean, I thought it looked like a high level pickup game. Um, you know, they they had a point guard who was a black hole, <laughs> which is, you know, not good to begin with. And I, I just, it, it was not good basketball. Malcolm, I didn't think got uh, the, the minutes or or even the utilization uh, that he should have. So I mean, it's it's good for him. It's additional experience, competitive playing time. So it's all great. I mean, it's you know we're going to benefit from it one way or the other. But uh, it, it wasn't an experience that I enjoyed watching. Daniel. Yeah, I mean, I, I had kind of almost the exact same um, experience with it. I I watched the first game, and it was so frustrating. Um, I thought Malcolm, at least in the stretches I, I saw him uh, in the first game and a little bit in the other games, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, obviously, he was a little underutilized, and um, I mean, I guess we kind of know how – we know him so well, we know when he's, he's doing things right versus when he's not um, – but I think he made some smart plays. He played some good defense. Um, he protected the ball pretty well. He he was he did a lot of Malcolm like things. Um, it was a little annoying. They didn't they didn't really give him a chance to kind of take over and be a leader, which is his best asset. Um, and it's a kind of an awkward situation when he's not in that position, um, which he wasn't really in this uh, tournament. But um, yeah, it was just overall just I was happy with what I saw from him nothing wrong with him at all but it was kind of frustrating to watch and couldn't really take it after a while yeah yeah I thought he was the best on ball defender on on team USA um and and he really he played hard and uh I don't understand how you get in any type of offensive flow the way that they were playing um and I thought you know it being such so drastically different than what Malcolm is used to that it kind of showed a little bit um but Oh, yeah, Bobby Brown was the complete opposite of London. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bob, yeah. Bobby never saw a shot he didn't like. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. But, um, you know, I think it, it was a great experience for him. Uh, first, the, the Nike camp against that kind of competition and then to go play international ball. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a much better competition he could have faced this summer to get him primed for his senior year. So, uh, good stuff. Glad, from glad he didn't get hurt. Glad he yeah. didn't get hurt. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he survived both of those without getting banged up. And I, I did, uh, anytime he was going hard, I, I always just had a little bit of fear in the back of my mind. But uh, he got through it okay. Yeah. Houston, let's talk about uh, the recruiting uh, circuit a little bit. I know you've been out at the tournaments. You've talked to a lot of scouts. You've been doing scouting yourself. Um, let's maybe first just touch on the guys that are already committed um, and, and the meteoric rise of, of Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome, who – Literally every time a list comes out, they've moved up a certain percentage points. Uh, what have you heard about those guys this summer? Yeah, well, so I went to NBA Top 100 camp, which uh, John Paul Jones host, and Kyle and Ty actually got to play on the same team, which is really cool. That was the first time they've ever played together. And, uh, Kyle, he was, 
I talked to Kyle after, and he was so excited um, that they were teammates for a week. You know, they've really um, become really close on off the court, and they've already been working on that chemistry for a while. And you can tell that they've been working together because they were doing some good things. Um, you know, I think Ty, he's really watched a lot of tape on London because you can see some similar characteristics. You know, he's not he's not that fast and explosive guard like up the court. You know, he kind of takes his time like London, and he's had great success with that. Then, um, oh, let me let me touch on that real quick. So I. I've seen some message board debates, man, and there was there was one clown coming on there doing message board things, uh, talking about that that Ty Drum's athleticism is so bad that he can't dunk and that he won't be able to guard at this level. Uh, you know, at the NBA Top 100 camp, obviously he's going against the best there is at his yeah. peer level. Uh, how did he hold up defensively, and do you have concerns about him athletically? I mean, obviously, you know, he's going to continue to get stronger, and I say that's uh, he needs to do that. But defensively, I mean, he did everything that his team needed to do. They actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure they went to the Final Four of that tournament. I mean, this was against the best competition. You know, he was always making the right decision-making to get his teammates open, his shot. I mean, I think there's a streak where he just went three for three from behind the arc, and one was probably from the uh, saber, like the little – Part of the Sabre at center court, Alan John Paul Jones, and that was just awesome. You know, t- Kyle's just loving that. Um, but I mean, defensively, I mean, he he held his own against the top 100 players in the nation at this camp. So, I mean, he's just going to continue to get better and better on that. So that's definitely not going to be an issue. I don't think. Can we talk about that Kyle guy, Duncan uh, Rockers? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I read the tweet about it. Somebody said, you know, windmill dunk or whatever. And I was like, yeah, come on. I've, I've seen this guy play. I mean, I love his jump shot. I love everything about his game. But, I mean, I, I was shocked. <laughs> like, I, I had no idea he had it in him. And, I, I, you know, I hate to go to the whole deceptively athletic thing because um, that tends to be used in such specific circumstances. But, I mean, I, I oh, that's amazing. I mean, that that's just another um, – uh, range of, of play that I didn't know we were getting with him. And especially in that, that dunk it's in, in Rutgers Park. I mean, that what other place can you do a dunk like that? But um, Kyle, I mean, gosh, he he's going to get stronger too, And but he he drives to the hole. He is not afraid of anything um, in Atlanta for the Uprising Championships. There were plays that Indian Elite would run where Kyle would go down low, post up, he would do a few drills and just fade away. And, I mean, he was working so well down low. I loved his little, uh, his and one getting Dennis Smith in the air and finishing up and under him with, with the foul the other day. That was a nice move. That was something you could tell he, he's definitely worked on. Um, I mean, just overall the other day, uh, in that Adidas showcase, he was, I thought he was great. Um, especially early on. It's just, I love having the guy that, all you have to do is just give him a foot of space, and, and that's that's it. That's you're done. That's three points. It's, it doesn't have to be even a great look. It's just like give him a little bit of space, and, and it's a, it's a made shot. Um, and Kyle, uh, eight guys made the all tournament team at top 100, and Kyle was on that team after a yeah. great week. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, obviously yeah. that made rounds. Um, people, I mean, a lot of fans heard about that, but I don't think we really 
touched on just like that, that's a really big deal. <laughs> I mean, these were the top 100 players in the country for high school, and Matthews that is one of the top eight. So um, that's a yeah. huge deal. Yeah, I, I was impressed just watching him move. Just how. I don't know. It's something he's very precise and very under control when he's moving. Like a lot of these guys, you'll kind of see him almost, you know, flailing around when they're working around screens and stuff. But you know, he doesn't waste you know a single bit of movement. Uh, his shot seems really compact, and uh, uh, you just watch it, and it's like, okay, he knows what he's doing. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're getting a go ahead. I love the, the just the raw scoring mentality that he has, and I, I'm trying to think very quickly in my memory bank of a recruit that I felt like had, was just more of a pure scorer um, that Virginia's had in some time, and I'm having I'm having a tough time coming up with one. If you watch him play, he's just a guy that it, you know no shot is intimidating, he, no moment is intimidating, and um, you know I don't I don't I'm not saying he's a ball hog by any stretch, but he he's just a guy that. Uh, just just knows how to put the ball in the basket and is aggressive at doing so and 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 you compliment yeah, with right way to put it. yeah we compliment it with Ty Jerome who who is more of a cerebral pre, uh, player who can shoot the lights out but is really looking to get uh, his other players involved. I just think it's a dynamic combination and it's it's just been an awfully fun ride watching them go from um, you know top 100 guys barely. I know Jerome was 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 barely in the top 150 when he committed. Um, he was right there in the 140 range, and to see him up in, the, in most top 50s now, it's just been been a really impressive rise. Let's let's talk real quick. Kyle, you... there's last, uh, I just want to mention this on Kyle because I thought it was very interesting. He has six different personal trainers that he goes to religiously, so he's just going to keep on getting stronger and stronger. Oh, man, and what a great ambassador for the school already. That's what I love about these kids, man. It's like I feel like they've already been there for – you know, been in Charlottesville for a couple of years. It's just, it's just, they've immersed themselves in the culture and the, uh, in the team and trying to promote Virginia basketball already. And it's, it's great stuff. Hey, Let's what, talk. About, what, what about J.R. Reynolds for, for a Kyle guy? Kyle? That's, what I was, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I like that. Um, cause he, he was a kid that would, would look for a shot. Um, and, uh, yeah, wait. Sorry, you you brought that up, and I'm I'm going through the memory banks. So. As far yeah, as far as far as the the ways they get their shots, the their like scoring mentality that Mike was talking about that that was the name that came to my mind. Excellent. Well, I would I would take one of Jr. I loved watching yeah. him play. Oh God, he was so good. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Diakite a little bit. Houston. Look, the, the bottom line is, uh, I don't think we're breaking any news stories here, but there's been a lot of rumblings on a lot of the recruiting websites uh, about a potential commitment from him. Uh, we're not going to, you know, who knows if and when. And, and frankly, uh, our sources sometimes have let us down uh, when they act like they have something in the bag. So, but let's just let's just touch on his summer a little bit. Uh, how he's played in your mind, Houston, and. Um, you know, how do you think he fits in with us? Yeah, well, Mondi has continued all summer, um, continuing to show progression. His skill set, his footwork in the low post, um, he has great hands and fit, finishing with quick post moves. He runs the floor so well, and he gets 110% every time. He's so active on every position. Um, he's a defensive force that's going to protect the rim with exceptional leaping ability. And um, his, he times his jump so well, has a quick set, second jump, and he's the funniest guy in the world. You know, he's screaming his his accent. That 
going to get a lot of people laughing, but, I mean, this guy, this guy is going to, I think he's going to be the real deal. Um, you know, I've, I was talking about him, and he's another great ambassador. You know, if he comes to Virginia, he's going to be a great ambassador because, you know, I was talking, he wants to obviously go in the NBA, but he wants to always give back to um, his family and his country, and, I mean, that's just, that has usually basketball right now all over it. That sounds great, man. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get some news news there. And and you know, uh, I just if it does happen, if you just put everything together with the Nichols commitment, with with Kyle Guy and, and Ty Jerome, uh, with with Jay Huff, who, who obviously we we know very little about. Really, right. he, he's he's getting stronger uh, this summer. He's not playing AAU ball, but a guy who who has just uh, you know astronomical potential. Um, you know, it's just the future. Daniel said it best, and it's hard for me to believe for a Virginia sports program, much less my beloved basketball guys, that that we really are just at a point where we're reloading, uh, and uh, you know, a, a, a key class can graduate, and and we're not going to miss a beat. And it's just, um, it's awesome. It's it's hard to wrap my head around. Yeah, I was really looking at sixteen seventeen being a uh, you know a, that rebuilding year. Like, okay, that's going to be a transitional year. We're going to take a step back, and and I mean I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it, I'm, I'm a lot more uh, bullish on sixteen seventeen than I was uh, a few months back. Well, really, Tony didn't didn't have a great class uh, when he was at Washington State after he lo- lost uh, Kyle Weaver and Derek Lowe. Um, you know, got them as a four seed in the NCAA tournament, got them the Sweet Sixteen. UNC blew them out, but um, you know they take a they took a very significant step back the following year. Uh, they lost. Uh, four or five key guys and you know he ended up recruiting clay thompson uh who who left early it, it, uh, you know so i'm that if tony was still there i'm sure he could have i'm sure he would have built that back up but um to be able to bring this type of class in uh when you're when you're losing that many key players it's just that's how you yeah you know, that's how you avoid having any kind of setback year and it's it's just it's just tremendous yeah i mean we've had two really good years in a row but it's easy for people just to point at that and say, okay, you know, you, you guys had a good class that, that got you there, um, you know, or one or two good classes. I mean, it'll be a couple more years of success before you can really legitimately say, okay, we've established ourselves. And I think, uh, you know, every step that this team takes, recruiting gets that much easier. And, you know, now the guys we're losing, we're losing them, you know, not to Memphis, but to, to Duke or, or to UNC or, you know, to, to the teams that you really want to be your peers. So um, we're making progress. That we are. Let's talk about uh, real quick the, uh, the the couple summer highlight videos that have been posted by VirginiaSportsTV.com. We've got Mike Curtis is earning his money, I can tell you that much. Daniel, what, what stood out to you in those videos? I mean, I think it says all of us, but Isaiah's a man now. Okay. <laughs> um, no, and that's another thing. Like, I think the two the two guys we're all really looking at this year. I mean, not just two. I mean, there are others as well. But the two I'm really looking forward to seeing how they develop are Isaiah and Marielle. Um, I think both of them just have so much potential that the there's going to be a leap. A leap year, I don't. You know, it's kind of funny to say leap year, but you know what I mean. There's there's going to be one year where I think it clicks for them, and sometimes with some people it comes between uh, sophomore and junior year. But 
I think it'll be interesting to see when it kind of happens for those two. I think um, it would be very convenient if it happened to both of them this year. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really high. I've been high on Isaiah for a long time. Um, when he was in high school, I, th- I thought he's one of uh, he was one of the more polished recruits we've had in a while. And uh, I thought he had a very good year last year. But I, I know his his future is very bright. I know we've we've heard from um, some rumblings from within the program that the coaching staff is very high on him. Um, and I think the only thing really slowing his development down was was sort of the physical side of things and it looks like that has been completely taken care of so um, I'm excited to see what he can do yeah and I think he brings some of that Justin Anderson excitement to the game oh, yeah. where you know when uh, he yeah. gets the ball like you're you're wondering what he's going to do next and you're waiting for the big one and we I, I guess we got some dunks from him last year but we I don't we, we haven't gotten the dunk that you know I mean, get, a lot of people, gets you off the couch a lot of people forget the very first game at JMU last year he had well, first of all, overall, a really good game. He had like eight points or something. But it's, I think, was it his first points? It was a put-back dunk, I think? Yeah. Um, so, Which also, fun fact, that was Darion's first points. Um, so I guess that's kind of a trend. But, um, but yeah, I think he can bring that kind of excitement and uh, sort of passion. He's a really passionate player, and that's sort of something we'll, we'll be losing a bit with Justin leaving. And so um, if he's, he's going to be getting a lot of minutes, but I think – to bring some energy off the bench, uh, I think that'll be sort of his role this year. I, I think you're understating I, it, man. I, oh, I think, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we're losing a ton of that energy and emotion with Justin Anderson. And if anything, I'll be honest, if, I, if I'm if i finding weaknesses on this team, if you want to call it a weakness, I thought at times, whether they're playing their, as hard as they can play, which this team always does, that there seems to be some mental complacency. Uh, complac- complacency. We're going to have to edit this out. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Complacency. Complacency. Complacency is the word you're looking for. Complacency. And, and like, the bottom line is, like, Isaiah can be a spark that this team is going to badly need. Uh, I he He's going to have to bring a lot of energy off the bench because I think there's going to be times when this roster needs it. I mean, I, London, our, our two primary ball handlers are the most level-headed guys on earth, and I love them, and I, I wouldn't change them for anything, but... Um, you know, they're not guys that necessarily play with a whole ton of fire. Um, they're not emotional guys, per se. Um, and somebody's going to have to bring that because it, it, it Anderson's dynamic was an important one. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if Anderson wasn't getting his points, I mean, just the, the energy level on the court, keeping everyone else involved. I mean, just getting in the guy's face and yelling for no apparent reason like you know you you keep you keep the energy up you keep him focused so um i i'm you know he's probably the guy that's kind of taking the mantle is the, the guy i'm gonna have the most fun uh watching i always saw isaiah jumping up and down that sideline and just i mean when he would come in and just tip some of those balls out on the offensive offensive glass and this that was huge and one play that I'll always remember of Isaiah um you remember that block he had at Wake Forest oh yeah yeah um, I think it, yeah it too but I mean yeah but I, I mean I think this yeah I think I find one of them bring the energy yeah on top of all that how beautiful was that three sh- that three in the video in the summer practice video oh, in the corner yeah I mean that thing was crisp looking that looked like he's been mm-hmm. doing that his whole life uh you know if if he can develop, and he shot well. I mean, I know, I think he was 50% on the couple threes he took during the season, but, man, 
if he can do everything else uh, uh, as well as we as we know he can, and then develop an outside game, he he's a guy that two years from now could just be scary good. And uh, I, I really I really like, and I've, I've tweeted this, but I really like just looking down the road, thinking about him playing with Austin Nichols. I just I think those two could play off each other really really well because um, Nichols can kind of sort of dominate the paint a little bit and sort of keep guys down low, occupy space down low, and Isaiah can both kill them with his, his mid-range game and then also crash the glass and slam home, uh, clean up any misses. So I think that's something to look forward to when, when Nichols is um, able to play. So what do you see Isaiah at the three or the four there then? At, at the four, I think it's occasional. Four. Yeah, I think he, he'll play some three, but I think he really he's more of a four that can kind of stretch uh, a matchup out. Um, right. So, and especially with a big guy like Nichols, who he's not like seven foot or anything, but he's still a big dude that really um, people will have to crash in and maybe double team him. And so then you have to worry about Isaiah on the outside as well. And so I, I just really like that dynamic. No, yeah, no, I like him better as a stretch four. And I think defensively, he, he's really well suited to that. I mean, you saw the way he picked that up last year. Yeah. Um, you know, getting out on the, the, the hard edges. <laughs> and, uh, um, hey, it's a. Uh, uh, podcast mentioned uh and so i think yeah I, I much prefer to see him at the four i mean he can you know play a few different positions i think he's got that versatility but but yeah we're in agreement there all right well real quick guys i'm gonna put you on the spot um here we are in late july i want to hear your starting five from morgan state now keep in mind the competition we're playing against early in the year kind of that's when tony's Messing with these lineups, Houston. I'm gonna start with you. Name your. Are you gonna go? Name your five starters. London, Darius. <laughs> um, I'm gonna at three. I'm gonna put Evan, Anthony, Mike. So wait, you're wait. You're leaving. Did I hear you right? You're, you're not. Starting you're not starting. Oh, my, yeah. <laughs> Start over, right, buddy. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> London, Malcolm, um, Mike, Anthony, and then at the three, I'll go with the experience of um, Evan. All right, there you go. There, there's Houston. So was, <laughs> you were going really bold there with Evan Brogdon on the bench. Yeah, I like yeah. That. I like uh, you're naming outside the box, though. Naming the best Bulls team. It's Daniel, like Luke Longley, Steve I'm Kerr. I'm thinking about all that depth we have, you know. <laughs> Um, I mean, I've, I think I've got to go with London, Malcolm, Marielle, AG, and Mike. Um, I won't, I mean, it's the boring pick. Um, but I just, I don't like, who am I going to, I think the changes I'd make would be in the backcourt. Um, I'm so tempted to slide Devin in there as, as is probably not a surprise, but, um, I don't know. I think we've got some, again. We've got some really nice playable depth. I think we're going to see some combinations of lineups. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's what we see to start at least. Tony, oh, I mean, I'm you know I'm almost exactly with Daniel, except in, instead of Mario, I, I think Evan, and that's that's as much looking at how I think Tony approaches it. I I still think. You know, Evan was was the starter when Justin went down. He got you know that last stretch of the season. I believe he was leading the team in minutes. Uh, 
And so I, I think that starting position will be his. And, and understand, Tony doesn't put that much weight on, on the starting. I mean, the, the minutes are really going to get distributed. And, and so you might not see him get as many minutes as he was. But I think at least initially it, it's going to be Evan's spot to lose. And, and one, maybe he one loses thing, it in practice. But we'll The see. one thing I will say, though, is that um, basically over the past year and a half, two years, they had been really working to get Evan into that sort of four spot, that blocker role rather than a mover in the offense. Um, the more tape I've watched, he just, I mean, he's, he's not a mover. He's, he's, he's not really a blocker either, but he's definitely not a mover. Um, and so, and that's the way Marielle fits into that or even just any of the other guards. Um, I totally agree with you with the experience, but I, I, I think if push comes to shove, I think he might, Bennett might prefer having three guards on the floor over a little bit extra experience. But um, I think that's one of the things I said we'll tweak around the lines a bit. I could easily see him just sticking Evan out there day one. But um, I do think ultimately we're going to want three real kind of guard types out there. All right. Well, my starting five, I'm going four guards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going four guards against, uh, against Morgan State. And give me uh, Perantis. Hall, Brogdon, Shayok, Gill. And uh, that's who I think starting the first game. And when I'm right, you guys owe me beers next <laughs> yeah, time. I, I, look, I'll be impressed if, if you're right. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I think any of those guys have a chance to, to be starters, you know, at, at points in the season or, or for long parts of the season. But they, that would be a heck of a, an opening lineup. But it's Morgan State, so. I got uh, there from the competition. I already did a little bit of Morgan State research. <laughs> Their four guy is 6'7". Shayok will be able to D that guy up. Uh, there's been already some talk that, that uh, I know that, that Coach uh, Williford and, and that they're, they're, you know, really – interested in doing more of the small lineups and really spacing the floor a little bit more offensively. I've heard some whispers about that. So that is where I got this lineup from. And uh, I could be brutally wrong, but it'd be boring to pick the obvious five like Daniel. So, uh, you know, I, I got to I gotta throw myself out there a little bit. Coach Pittman, I like it. <laughs> so anything else, guys? Uh, anything else you all wanted to touch on before we slide on to um, – uh, stories with hootie segment i mean i just want to give a shout out to the baseball team uh just real quick uh i think that was just taking it off topic but I, that was just awesome um i mean obviously this is mainly a basketball podcast a little little other stories as well but we love uh, all UVA sports. that was one of my favorite sports memories and will always be one of my favorite sports memories that was just so cool that team was just awesome absolutely magical and, um, run magical um, the SEC, the College Cup, that was awesome. You know, that's great for the program. Yep. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, that says something about the, the this athletic program, and uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, it's I just got a, in my three championship T-shirt today from the uh, yeah. UVA bookstore. It, it's a good looking shirt. Uh, you know, three championships in one year. It's something to be proud of, and hopefully, uh, before too long, uh, we'll, we'll be celebrating the basketball championship. Morgan that's, that's, getting uh, her run for for USA Soccer. I mean, it, it's it's been a UVA has been in a lot of headlines uh, this summer, and, and the basketball team obviously is is going to be preseason top ten. And uh, you know, it's just been it's just a really fun time to to be a fan. Uh, and you know, football 
We'll, we'll oh. see what happens. And, and can we mention what a good ambassador Justin uh, continues to be for the program? Like, I, I don't see an interview with him where he doesn't mention UVA and, and, and the coaches and, and give thanks. And, I mean, he just uh, – he's going to do so much for this program in, in the NBA more than anyone uh, thought he could have done. Oh, uh, shout out to Darion, too, signing with the, um, the Knicks. Yeah. Yep. Love seeing the alumni uh, do well. Hope Darion finds a way to stick. And if, if, he, do, if, he, if he doesn't, that guy is going to make – an awful lot of money somewhere playing basketball, and uh, wish uh, nothing but the best for him. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's let's sign off. Houston Wilson. You can find him at h o u underscore make plays on Twitter. Uh, he's a great follow. He, he retweets a lot of uh, UVA information, a lot of um, recruiting information. Uh, great guy, good friend, and a, and a heck of a wahoo. Houston, thanks a lot for for joining us. Thank you all for having me on. Go who's. Go who's. Daniel, what can I say, man? Uh, always spot on. We love having you on and uh, got big plans for the podcast this season, and you obviously are a big part of it, brother. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks again. It's always fun. All right, buddy. And our next guest is the legendary Jerry Ratcliffe joining us uh, for a new segment on this podcast. Um, Jerry came on in the season, uh, did an outstanding job on the podcast, and then told an absolutely hysterical story about how he got the nickname Hootie. Um, and we thought, man, Jerry's been been around 30 years, been in locker rooms, uh, done just about everything. Uh, we thought it'd be great to have him on regularly to, to tell us a little story. So uh, first of all, Jerry, welcome. How the heck are you? Great. Uh, thanks. Thank you guys for having me again. Uh, I enjoyed it the last time and looking forward to uh, future podcasts. Uh, I, I enjoy being around guys who are passionate about the game and uh, and really understand it. And, and you guys really know your stuff. So it's a joy to be with you. Well, I'll tell you, your episode was one of the most popular uh, that we've had. Uh, so that, that's, that's saying something. I mean, uh, you know, you're not going to be world famous with our podcast just yet, but uh, <laughs> uh, you, you definitely seem to be a draw. You, uh, you, you draw on the listeners, Jerry, so we appreciate you coming on. Well, as long as I'm Wahoo Nation famous, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's all we strive for here. That's all we strive for here. Uh, before, before we dive into our stories with Hootie, uh, the theme of this podcast, more or less, we've been talking an awful lot about Austin Nichols. Uh, what did you think about, about that transfer and – uh, you know, how do you think uh, Austin Nichols impacts Virginia? Well, I think it's a shame that it had to come down to them uh, threatening legal action with a, a former UVA uh, schooled attorney. But um, I think it was a tremendous boost for Virginia's program. Uh, I kind of think that the kid probably, and I don't know this, I haven't talked to him, but I'm, I'm assuming there was a lot of pressure on him to stay home and get a Memphis in the first place. I kind of thought he would go to Virginia the first time around, but uh, I think it's tremendous that he chose Virginia over Duke, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, uh, those kind of people. I mean, that shows you what kind of athletes they're getting here. And uh, you know, I think actually it's better than getting a, a really good kid right out of high school, a big time recruit, because this guy's been around. He started, he had game experience, he's, he's proven himself on the court. Uh, 
he's going to have a year to acclimate himself to Virginia's uh, style of play and get to know his teammates. I, I think it's a, a huge win for Virginia to get Austin Nichols in the program. I, I think he's going to make a, a huge impact and an, and an immediate impact when he's eligible to play. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Could not, could not agree more. And, uh, we had a Memphis, uh, B guy, uh, actually the, the guy that broke the story about Austin Nichols transferring to Virginia, uh, on earlier. And Jerry, he had, uh, nothing but unbelievable things to say about Austin Nichols as a player and as a young man. And, uh, it just, boy, it sounds like, uh, sounds like he's just a tremendous fit. Um, really, really excited about it. So, yeah, um, that, it, it is a shame how it had to go down. Like, I I, I feel bad for Memphis, and I, I can understand some of their negativity because it came so late, and then it, it, it got ugly. And it's just there's a lot of that ugliness. And unfortunately, in college sports, the way it's structured, it's really stacked against the athlete. And, uh, you know, so it, it, it stinks that it, it happened this way. It would have been much smoother if it had been right after the season. He announces. They immediately make him eligible for everything. Uh, you know, and he comes to Virginia, but, uh, still we'll, we'll take it. Uh, we'll, we'll be happy with him. Absolutely. All right, Jerry, let's dive into our stories with Hootie segment tonight. I think you got something that it may involve, uh, uh, our man Dick Vitale, uh, primed up for us tonight. Um, run with it, brother. Yeah, it was early in my career in Charlottesville and, uh, when Ralph Sampson had won, uh, Two national player of the year, uh, awards from, uh, the, I think he won the Wooden Award twice and, uh, uh, maybe the other, uh, Naismith Award twice. I'm not sure, but I, he had been national player of the year two years in a row. And, um, of course, Michael Jordan had burst onto the scene and a lot of people were pushing Jordan for player of the year. Well, it just so happened that Carolina was playing at Virginia. It would be Jordan and his gang against Samson, who was a senior. And, uh, I was kind of leading the, leading the cause for Ralph being a, a three-time national player of the year. And, uh, it just so happened that Dick Vitale was coming to U-Haul to broadcast the game. I, I, I think it was his first time there. And Dick was pushing Jordan. And so, uh, I got a hold of, uh, Dick, um, I had put in a request to speak to him, and um, I think the game was on a, I can't remember if it was a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon, but uh, Dick made it in really late the night before. He got a late pl- flight into Charlottesville, and uh, I was I was actually bumping up against deadline when he called me late at night and said he had just gotten to his hotel, and so... Uh, I interviewed him uh, about a lot of stuff, and he, of course, he praised Ralph, but he said he thought that Jordan should be National Player of the Year, and of course, that was definitely the lead to my column. And so the next night, when or afternoon, when Dick came into the U Hall, he got booed so badly <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> Something he's never forgotten. And so I think the first book he wrote, uh, he, he talked about that, and. Uh, so several years later, um, we were down at the Sugar Bowl Classic in New Orleans. Uh, I think it was, might have been Jeff Jones' team. I can't recall. And, um, of course, they played, I think they played Mississippi State in the Sugar Dome on the Super Bowl. Um, 
Superdome. And uh, I think there were 6,000 people there. <laughs> but uh, they had a big banquet the night before, and Dick told that story. And uh, he said, I, I, you know, I think Jerry Ratcliffe is the one that did it. And Jer Jerry, I think he's here in the audience tonight. <laughs> and so he had me stand up, and, uh, he gave, of course, he gave me a little uh, razzing, and it was all in good fun. But uh, I, just, I just thought that was a pretty cool memory from back in the day. Now, now is that why he never came back to, to U-Haul? I mean, did, did he... <laughs> Uh, I'd heard there was some kind of incident that was that was keeping him away from from UVA and U-Haul, and he I think his first visit maybe since then was to JPJ last year. Um, or, yeah, or... no, that that wasn't it. I, I, uh, he came back several times actually after that after that visit. Uh, yeah. During Terry Holland's uh, career, and I think maybe during Jeff's career. Um, but I think there was an incident, I can't remember who they were playing, it was a fairly big game, but I think some people, Virginia had won the game, I think they upset whoever it was, and people started throwing those plastic cups down to, toward the court, but naturally Press Row was in between, and I think Dick got beamed a couple of times upside uh. the head, and so I, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I, I think that was the reason the didn't come back. I always right. asked him for years. I said, when are you going to come back? You haven't been to JPJ. And he said, he said, you got to win, baby. You got to win. <laughs> so, uh, so I, you know, I kind of kept giving him grief last year. I said, you got to come, Dick. You would love, you would love this team. That's the kind of team that you would love to coach. And sure enough, he came to the Syracuse game and, uh, the rest is history. He, he fell in love with that team and, and, uh, of course has been back since and, has nothing but high praise for Virginia. Yeah, well, that's great. He uh, he certainly he, he said that that we needed to win, and and we've done plenty of that, Jerry. We got him back. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he likes to follow winners, and uh, certainly Virginia fits in that category again. It's been a long time, but uh, uh, they're winners again, and I think they'll be winners for uh, years and years to come. Certainly hope so. I will drink to that, my friend. <laughs> All right, well, Jerry, thanks a lot. That's great stuff. Uh, that is Jerry Ratcliffe. You can find him uh, at Jerry Ratcliffe on Twitter. Uh, but he writes for the Daily Progress. Wait, uh, which Jerry Ratcliffe on Twitter are you? Because right there's there's an, there's <laughs> isn't isn't there like a scientist Jerry Ratcliffe? Actually, yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, there's a crime scientist in uh, Pittsburgh. I think uh, no, not Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. I think he teaches at Temple University, and he's a uh, one of these guys, like you see on the, those shows on TV, where they deal with DNA and all that stuff, and uh, uh, his name is Jerry Rackless. I think he's Scottish, actually. We've uh, kidded each other. We need to get together and share some Scots sometime. And uh, it's funny that Doug Dowdy and Whitey Reed and some of the other writers, I think, purposely send him stuff, or when he tweets something, he... Right, because that's how I, I encountered him, yeah. <laughs> so so he is actually Jerry underscore Radcliffe, the, the forensic scientist right. or whatever, and, and, and our Jerry Radcliffe is just uh, Jerry Radcliffe, all one word. Um, if, that's if, right. If you want to follow him. Well, Hootie, we love, yeah, uh, we love talking hoops with you, brother, and um, I'm excited to have you on multiple times as we get closer to the season, and I uh, really appreciate you taking some time for us tonight. Uh, anytime, guys. I always enjoy talking to you. Yeah, man, keep your ears to the pavement in uh, these early practices because uh, uh, we can't wait to hear the insight on, on what folks are seeing and what folks are expecting for the season.
Yeah, you're right. And you know, actually, I tweeted, retweeted today something from VirginiaSportsTV.com that uh, was a couple-minute clips of a recent practice where they were uh, working out a little bit together. And I think Jerome Mayensay and uh, I know just Justin Anderson was in the practice with all the current players. It has been, uh, I was surprised at how some of these kids really look cut that their body has transformed so much in, in a year or so. That's I think Virginia <laughs> fans are probably interested to, to see that. It's funny. We were actually talking about that, uh, those, those clips earlier on the podcast tonight, and that's exactly what we were saying. We, we talked most about Isaiah Wilkins. but uh, Isaiah Wilkins yeah, is a beast now. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking like Justin Anderson. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, Jerry. We'll talk, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Okay, guys. Thank you for having me. All right. Talk to you soon, man. All right. Take care, brother. That was Jerry Ratcliffe. I mean, does it get any better than that guy? I mean, love having Jerry on. Just a fantastic guy. So knowledgeable and so many years on this beat. Um, and just still writing great, meaningful columns about Virginia sports. And, uh, you know, really honored to have somebody like Jerry join us regularly on the podcast. So thanks a lot, Jerry. All right, guys, before we slide out this evening, I have one little challenge for all the listeners that are still uh, still listening. Uh, I'm going to play a clip from a basketball game, uh, you know, within the last 10 years. And what I'm looking for, this is about a minute and a half clip of action at the end of a game. And I'm looking for whatever follower out there listens to this podcast can identify who we're playing in this game and what year. Who we're playing should be the big tip tip off, but if you can sneak in the year, uh, you may have to Google it, but uh, the audio here should should remind a couple of you out there from this uh, from this game. It was a significant one. And I'm going to go ahead and play the audio now. Singletary, it's five on four. Lining up Deontay. He missed it. Rebound, Virginia. Singletary went down hard. Jumps above the glass. He tips it in. 15.5. So there, there you have it, guys. I need to know who we were playing and what year from that clip. Obviously, you've heard some player names. That should really narrow it down for you. Um, we don't have any gifts to give away yet, but the first person will get uh, retweeted and get a high five. Uh, Virtual. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's it for us tonight, guys. I, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, we love talking to you, even in the off season, trying to keep everybody up to date with all the uh, goings on. And, um, you know, we have a lot of big plans for this podcast uh, as we approach the season, some great season preview stuff. Um, obviously, a football edition uh, will come out where we just touch on some football stuff for the fun of it. Um, and, you know, uh, just just love spending some time with you guys. Uh, I'm Mike Pittman signing off. Phony, any final words, my friend? Man, it's a good time to be a who. Uh, last year was an incredible sports season for the university as a whole. And uh, this year, uh, I'm hoping basketball contributes in an even bigger way. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, and uh, we're, we're moving forward, and we've got a lot of good stuff lined up. So I can't wait to talk to you guys uh, in just a week or two. Amen, brother. Everybody take care. And as always, wahoo wah.